listening to Zap Night, a video game review podcast. Join your hosts as we review video games from all systems and all genres. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Zap Night. I'm your host Danny, and today I have Jinx back again. Jinx, what's up? What's up? Today we are talking about Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening. Um, but also it's Zap Knight's fourth birthday today, July 1st. So yeah, that's really exciting. Um, me and Kaylee will be talking more about that during our uh, Zap Chats episode, which will be on the 15th. So if that sounds interesting at all, we'll reminisce a little bit about all of our previous podcast episodes, maybe. Uh, but yeah, that'll be on the 15th, so stay tuned for that. But today is episode 66. We are talking about Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, specifically the Nintendo Switch edition, because neither of us have played the original edition. <laughs> so That's yeah. True. The, this is the remake that was developed on the Switch. Um, it was developed by uh, Grezzo, which I've never heard of, but I think they're like a Nintendo um, sub-company. Obviously, if they're doing Link's Awakening, they're affiliated with Nintendo in some way. Uh, but it was released September 20th, 2019, so it's been a little while now. Uh, and the original game that this is based off of was uh, released in 1983 and then they had a color version for the Game Boy Color that was released in 1998 so it's been a while since this game has seen any love I guess I don't know if it was released on some of the other like it probably had a WiiWare release or something like that I haven't seen it anywhere else, but I wouldn't doubt if it was on some kind of system for download at some point. I remember when this game was originally announced, and I, I think it was E3 last year. And it was this big surprise. Like, nobody was expecting them to remake Link's Awakening at all. And then, you know, they just kind of dropped it. And then a few months later, it was released. And yeah, it got a huge hype when it was originally released. But, you know, I just now opened my copy. Took a lot of trying, but I'm glad you finally played it. <laughs> yeah, it did, take, it did take a little persuading. Um, it's such a good game. I'm glad you finally played it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I did. I streamed uh, the entirety of the game. So if anybody's interested in watching the full... Um, my full reaction to everything, you can check that out on uh, our YouTube channel. It's Zap Night Plays. Um, that's where everything gets archived. So if that sounds interesting at all, you can check it out over there. But otherwise, this is specifically for our thoughts of the game. Um, I did kind of want to go over the story a little bit before we started. Basically, Link is floating through the ocean and a storm kicks up and his boat gets smashed in the middle of the ocean. Then he wakes up on this island where he's met up by a girl who helps him kind of get back on his feet a little bit. And as you explore the world, you get collectibles and you're guided by this owl. Did the owl have a name? He was just like the wind no, fish. I, I don't recall if he had a specific name, actually. That's probably bad. He probably has a name. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was like the the um wind fish uh I, I can't think of the word wisdom the wisdom of the wind fish or something like that anyway he guides link all the way through this this world helping him discover all the mysteries and um helping him make his way back home more or less and uh as you progress through the game the only major story highlights is that you start to realize that the world is more or less a dream. And as you defeat the bosses, you're slowly waking up the windfish. And the windfish is essentially what is creating this dream world. And if you wake up the windfish, you essentially destroy the world because it's nothing more than a dream. And you make your way through all the bosses, and the bosses are specifically trying to lock down the world so that the windfish never wakes up. But it kind of turns into this nightmare world that 
wasn't necessarily meant to be. And as you make your way, you make your way all the way through all the dungeons and you make your way to the top and you open up the egg, which is at the top of the mountain for some reason. But you're collecting, you're collecting um, the instruments to play for the egg. And when the egg cracks open, you have one final fight with the, the lead nightmare creature. And when that nightmare creature dies, then the windfish wakes up and the dream world disintegrates. And Link wakes up back in the ocean uh, with the windfish kind of flying over his head. And that's it. <laughs> Which is kind of sad. Like, really? All those people that you encounter along the way... And they just are gone. It's definitely a deeper story than you'd think surface level. Game isn't um, too long and the characters all look cute and playful, but there's definitely deep story in this game. And personally, it, it really gets to me. The first time I played it and beat it, I cried a little bit. Because yeah, I did. <laughs> because um, all the towns people they they led some sort of a life. All they knew was just on. They were just just but disappeared. Were they even like they were really just personality traits of the windfish to begin with? Aside from maybe the like evil bosses, I don't um, know. I think I think it's open to interpretation because. There was a decent amount of characters um, just in the game, and they all seemed like they had their own kind of personalities and were living cohesively in this town together. Some had kids, and some took care of chain chomps, and uh, one ran or one ran a claw out of game, another one ran a shop. So they all seemed uh, established. Right, yeah. It was really sad. It, to me, I felt like that there should have been something at the end as this, like, as the memory of those characters are being washed away. Instead, it's just this, like, overall view of the mountain as it just, like, disintegrates into nothingness and then Link wakes up. And it's like, oh, but there was no, like, memorial for all the people who are gone now. <laughs> I think I think it makes it even sadder though because in the end you realize if you want to wake up and get back to your life and all these people have to disappear you could stay there forever and basically live a dream life and probably you know die on the outside but, um it's a really sad trade off you can wake up all these people are gone or you can stay in the dream and they're all alive there yeah exactly that is what really makes it heart-wrenching yeah um so for story i gave it an eight out of ten um i i feel like that they're they they definitely guide you along through what little bit of story there was but i felt like because there was so much of a story like like it kind of teeters on this line where it didn't have to have a story, but they included story. But because they included any story, I don't feel like they included enough of it. You know? What, um, what would you have liked fleshed out in the story that you felt needed it? More about how the world came to be to begin with. Um, maybe, you know, more information about what the windfish was and what was going on and how it became this sleeping you know, dream state. Uh, I don't know. I just, maybe a little bit of backstory, maybe a little bit more, even on the Island characters themselves. How long have they been there? Are they in, you know, is it just like this dream state loop? Are the, the bosses, are they actually nightmares that are infecting the, the Island? Or is it just like, um, I don't know. Is, is it part of the, the dream state also? Like it, they kind of hinted at maybe they were infecting the island, but like to what degree is it, is that what the monsters are? Like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I wanted more information. I get that. I, I do actually like the vagueness of what's going on. I like that the windfish is some otherworldly being and don't know how this happened and how Link ended up 
exactly in the Windfish's dream. But just the fact that he did and he's trying to cope with that and go around and fight these um, sort of nightmare bosses in the dungeons. Um, I think that is really a subtle way, just like a dream that anyone could maybe have. What I did like, what I did like is the opening was, and and this kind of ties into graphics, but I wanted to say it in story. The, the opening has this like cut scene and it's very like anime style and it's, and it's a different style of link. And then you transition into the gameplay and it's drastically different. Like the developer specifically wanted you to know that this is a different world than what Link is normally used to. But like he doesn't, you know, Link doesn't express anything because that's what he does. But, you know, it's, it's not like he notices that he's in a different world. He just is. You know, that definitely was something that was missing in the original from what, you know, I've seen the cutscene of the original and you just have like this cutscene and then you have just like the normal Legend of Zelda gameplay, top down, you know, pixelated graphics, you you get what you get. But like this one, I felt like they intentionally went this very playful art style to make that distinction between the two. Yeah, Um, definitely if this is your first time playing I feel like what you should feel is, oh, Link crashed on this island and you're supposed to play and believe that these people are real. But slowly throughout the game, you'll notice some things are a little off just about the characters and the world in general. I mean, they've got um, like Mario uh, characters in this game, Chain Chomps and Goombas, whatnot. And it just seems a little fake and i think as you play the game more you start to realize this world isn't real um and when you do it's a it's crazy it's mind-blowing yeah i definitely went into the game with that mindset like i had no idea what the ending was going to hold for me so you know you see that art style change, but you don't think a whole lot of it. You think of, oh, this is an interesting direction to take the the visuals. But then as you start to realize, you know, this dream state, and it's like, wait, what really is going on here? And yeah, the I, I didn't really make that connection with the Mario characters. I just thought it was a funny quirk that they added to it. But it's like they added Kirby and Mario and the Chain Chomps and the Goombas, but they all look a little off. And they all act a little bit differently than the actual characters. So I think it is funny that they added those characters in and I, I see that connection with, you know, yeah, it's, it's a dream state. They're, they're there, but they're a little weird, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's, I like it because you don't realize that at first you just land on an Island and you're like, Oh, it's a Zelda game, you know, and you, you don't think twice about these people being real or not. Yeah, Exactly. So what did you give it for your story? I loved it. I I think there's so many things about it that were amazing and mind-blowing once you figure them out. This was my very first time playing Link's Awakening. I give the story a 10 out of 10. Very nice. For me. Very nice. Um, let's go ahead and move on to graphics, unless you had something else to add. Ready for graphics. So right out of the gate, I gave it a 10 out of 10. It was... It was amazing. Um, that's oh, that's exactly what I gave it to. It's like eh, the way that I have been describing describing it is if you were to make a little world inside of a box made out of little plastic figures, and then you peered inside the box through like a hole, this would be what you would get. It's like everything is made out of little plastic, little plastic figures. Like it, it kind of goes along the lines of like um, the the Lego games, where everything kind of looks hard and plasticky, but not in like uh, not in a bad way. It it just it they look like toys. They look like you literally could in that way. They look realistic. You know, like you could literally reach in and play with Link. And he even has that movement of like quick, juddery, strange, you know, direction movement. And part of that mirrors the Game Boy era, but some of that mirrors this like feel of it being a toy world. 
definitely adds to the dreamy type setting for sure. Um, I think it's a very attractive art style and I loved different things in the game, just how they looked. Um, the trees with apples on them that you can run into the tree and they'll drop off and Link eats, eats them. Um, I thought the little apples were really cute and just so many things in the game were really attractive graphic-wise. Yeah, and even even the movement of all the plants. Like, I, I had said that they looked a little plasticky, but they were still dynamic. So, like, you could kind of tell that there was a breeze in the world, and the trees would kind of move a little bit, and the grass would kind of sway a little bit. Enough to, again, you don't really know if it's a dream. You know, you don't even think about it. You just think it's an interesting art style. And it is. It's super interesting. Like, it's so different than... Like, all the other Zelda games, they either go with, like, the Toon Link style, or they kind of gone with the more traditional, you know, full rendered style. And um, this one is, like, just different. It's just, they took it in this completely different direction, and I loved it. I thought it was great. I did, too. I was impressed, honestly. For sure. I, uh, I'll, I'll save that comment for later. <laughs> later i had some graphical issues as far as it being sluggish i don't i guess i don't really know where to put it I, i'll talk about it anyway um it like if i warped from one point to another i noticed a lag like an, it's a it was a noticeable lag in the gameplay where it would stutter as i make my first couple steps so I don't know i don't know what that was i don't know if it maybe it was just my switch did you see anything like that there seems to be um, some frame rate stutters here and there um, throughout the game. Um, I've I've seen other YouTube videos sort of talk about it too. I mean, I can't say it distracted from the game too much. I mean, I still gave the graphics a ten out of ten, um, but it was just it was quirky and it was odd that you know I felt like the system should be able to handle it just fine, but it stuttered a little. But again, a it it didn't didn't stop me from enjoying the game at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I barely noticed it. I noticed it, but it wasn't really that bad. Did you know that they made um little amiibo of this Link? I Link's did. Awakening? Yeah, it's and I really missed cute. my opportunity to buy it. Oh, and it's so cute because again, the world looks like this little plastic toy. And the amiibo, like, mirrors that almost identically. Like, you could literally put this amiibo into the game, and it wouldn't, like... If you took a picture of the amiibo and, like, photoshopped it into the game, you wouldn't know a difference. Because it looks so much... It, like, Link looks so realistic in this plasticky toy form, you know? It's true. It did look straight out of the game. I ended up getting one, um, but then I think I accidentally ordered or something but i just kept two so i have one open because i really wanted to like look at it and touch it and stuff and i have the other amiibo sealed one of my favorite amiibos that's great i love those so anything else graphics can you think of anything well what did you what did you think of the world like aside from how you know the the plastic feel of it like did you did you like all the different areas of it yeah, i thought it was pretty amazing for such a small uh, area really they fit so much into it. it is it's definitely a really rich world um there's no spots i feel that were just wasted um i liked it i i liked being able to step into an area and you're in a forest step into another area and you're in an, in the desert step into another area you're on the beach it was it was great everything was just it really I well I'm kind of surprised that they didn't have a wintry, snowy area. You know, a lot of these games have all these different climates, like you said, the, the forest, the beach, the water, the desert, the, the grasslands. And yeah, there was like no wintry. I, it doesn't really fit. It's more of like a tropical island, but I don't know. I, I noticed that. Well, I don't think they had a snowy or frozen type area um until very end with the windfish and the little cave with the frozen areas and you had to get the fire stick 
Yeah, that's true. Through. Yep. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. Like just as far as like somewhere on the map where it was snowing or something, that would have been really cool to do. But they didn't have that in the original. So I see why they didn't add that. Sure. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Now I can't think of it. Oh, the dungeons. Um, all the dungeons were unique. Like some of the tiles they kind of reused some of the floor layouts or not, not layouts, but some of the floor like designs, but I mean, they all had their own vibe to them. Like one was lava and then another one was more watery and icy. And then like the egg itself was this weird, like floaty cloud world. I honestly, I think they did such a good job making all the dungeons really distinct. Um, I think one of the coolest dungeons was the color dungeon, which I believe is optional. It, that one was really cool to see just on the inside. It really did some interesting things with color. Did I play that? Um, I'm not sure if you did. I believe you have to go to the cemetery. To oh, get yeah, into that doesn't sound dungeon. familiar at all. Oh my gosh, I've missed an entire dungeon and I had no idea. I'm going to have to replay it and check it out. (laughs) You are going to have to replay it. And I expect you to get all the shells, do all the dungeons, and take Marin on a date. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't do any of that. Which, I mean, that's a good segue into the gameplay section. Um, There was a lot of like side stuff that you could do. But you had to kind of do it at the right time. And going on the dates, I didn't. I had no idea what what was that. So there's a part in the game where in town you can talk to Marin, and she will follow you because you need her for a, a particular part of the game. If you take her back into town with like the claw machine, that area, you can you can. Um, a few extra sort of bonus scenes with her. Um, so you can take her to the beach and both of them will look um, together into the sky off the cliff and have a little bit of dialogue. You can take her into the claw machine sort of pop and um, she'll do something kind of funny where she grabs the, the guy that owns the shop, the claw machine, and he gets really upset. Um, there's a few things that you can do with her by taking her to random spots in town, basically. That's It's really cute. Yeah, I missed out on that, too. That's sad. I had no idea. Yeah, you definitely have to next time you play, but if you do, there is a part where take her to a log on the beach, and you'll find out that she wants to be free like like one of the seagulls and that sort of plays into the end yeah i did get that cutscene, and it made sense too because she was trying to sing to the egg like you catch her up at the top and she's trying to wake it up and i think i think it might be towards the end i don't remember now but yeah, and and even the owl mentions it. Like, why was she up there? What was she doing? And it's it's kind of awkward. But I mean, that makes sense that she she wanted you know more. That she felt like she was stuck. Yeah, she and, did. And, and now she's gone forever. <laughs> yeah, there's actually um, if you never die in the game, I do believe there's an extra little part at the end where you see seagulls sort of flying off and it's sort of implied that she became a seagull and lives on in that way Hmm, that's cute yeah so what else gameplay um the shell collecting i kind of struggled with that a little bit at the beginning it's not easy you almost (laughs) need to look up a map to find them you really do i found 40 uh 40 maybe a few more uh without any help well you helped me a little bit during the Twitch streaming, but the the problem that I had is I had no idea where to look at first. So, like, I got the shovel, and the game is just like, yeah, you need to find shells. And it's like, where? You know, you have the shovel. You can literally dig everywhere. So it's like I'm just digging up the map trying to find anything. And I did stumble 
upon a few shells, but then once you have, I want to say 30, no, no, not that much, maybe 20, you get the tuner and you can, as you walk around, the tuner goes off and it will tell you if there's a shell nearby and then you dig it up. And after I got that, I went around the entire map looking for them and I found, you know, the 40 that got me the sword upgrade, but I, yeah. I don't even know where the other 10 were. I mean, I assume that they were a little more difficult to find than just walking up to them, but I, I should have replayed some of the dungeons. That's what I should have done. They're just, they're everywhere. Honestly, you have to really try to find all of the shells, but it's worth it to at least get 40 of the 50 shells for that sword upgrade. Sure. So did you struggle on any of the bosses when you played your playthrough? I did the first time that I played. I had a really hard time with boss that was in the area with all the statues that come alive. Oh yeah, yep. I struggled with that one a little bit. Um, other than that, I thought most of the bosses were really easy. Even though I hadn't played any of the original Link's Awakenings, um, it felt organic to kind of figure out like how to beat them it was it was easy um just like the floor boss you you're like oh my god there's this floor what do i do set down a bomb and it damages them yeah and i feel that most of the bosses were pretty straightforward like you trial and error a little bit and then you kind of get this hang of things and it's like okay now i know how to damage it and then you just exploit that until you eventually beat them um the only one that i had significant problems with was the final boss because the final boss doesn't give you any hints as to what he's vulnerable to so i literally was trying every single combination of weapons that i had and tools in general i think i threw the shovel at it a couple times <laughs> just trying to figure out what it took to kill this thing and i had no idea i at one point i I thought I was going to have to drop the game and look it up. And then somebody in the chat was like, oh yeah, this part you gotta, I think, I think it was, I had to dash at it and that, that did it, but you had to do it at a very specific time. So it's like, not only did you need to use a very specific technique, but you could only use it at a very specific time. So uh, it was that, that was the most frustrating thing. Other than that, all the other bosses were perfectly fine. A little bit of trial and error, you get it, you get the hang of it, you kill them. Not too much of a problem, but that what was one. your favorite. What was your favorite boss? Um, I know my favorite. What's your favorite? Hamburger. Oh yeah, that's like the first one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I really love that one. I don't remember its specific name, but I like to call it a hamburger. It's that boss that's all yellow with a tail and you got to hit him. He's like a caterpillar or something like that. Yeah, but he's got like little green moving, um, almost lettuce looking uh, stuff around his mouth. And he just reminds me of a hamburger. So I call him hamburger. (laughs) Lettuce looking stuff. (laughs) I mean, yeah, that's what it looks like to me. It's super cute. I really liked the skull boss where he like summons the birds in as like your sub boss in the dungeon, he summons the birds and then, um, Oh, it's the, the Eagle tower. He summons the birds. And then at the very end, as the final boss, he summons the like Eagle to fly around. And it took me some time at first to figure out the Eagle or the, the little birds. Cause you actually just have to kill all of them in one round to be able to do it. And that took me some time to figure out, but the Eagle one just made me feel cool. Like just fighting it as it's like swooping down. You got to time your hits just right. And I, I don't know. It just made me feel good. <laughs> and it looked cool too, having this like little skull kid running around, you know, flying on the bird. It was neat. It does look really cool. I do like, I do like that boss fight. So yeah, other than that, my biggest problem was the final boss. I don't think that... I I feel like the game could have done a little bit better to explain what... Or to hint at what it was I was supposed to be doing. Um, Similar to the the one that you were talking about that you had problems with. uh, The one 
with all the moving statue guys. Like the the game gave you a hint. Like when you walk into that that boss chamber, there's two uh two of the pots sitting there, and they both have arrows in it. Like, hey, there's arrows here. What could you do with that? You know, like giving you that hint. But the final, to some degree, I get that the final boss probably shouldn't need hints. But still, like, I don't know. It was it was really annoying to just sit and use my entire arsenal just to find you know, the one thing that I needed. But now that you know what it takes next time you play, you'll have it down though. Well, yeah, because I know the puzzle. I mean, it's similar to any, any game that has a puzzle. Like once you solve it, it's like, well, it's, it's spoiled now. I know. So yeah, of course, playing it again, it would be significantly easier, but you know, playing it the first time through, it's like, what, what am I supposed to do? The game gives you no clue. Like, I have no idea. But, yeah. I don't know. I think that's that's half the fun, though, honestly, is just trying to figure out exactly what to do. Um, I like that you sort of have to trial and error. So what did you give it for gameplay? For gameplay, because I feel like some of the parts were a little difficult. Maybe it's just me personally. And because you could sort of get a little lost in the game yep. as of what to do or the side story and whatnot. I give it an eight out of 10 It is it's really great gameplay. I just, just based off of those two things, I took it down just a little bit. I also gave it an eight out of 10 and I fully agree. And we should talk about this. There are parts of this game that if you don't playing it your first time through, if you don't already know the trick, or the item to pick up, you're kind of lost and you can kind of wander around and have no idea what to do. The only saving grace is the phone guy and the phone guy will tell you exactly what you need, but it's super blunt. Like I was struggling. I was struggling so hard to figure out how to get the key to open the, the Eagle tower or whatever it's called. And, um, I was wandering around. I found where the key was, had no idea how to get there. No clue. Wandered around the whole world for like an hour and a half, maybe two hours trying to figure it out. And then finally I'm like, well, I have to ask the phone guy. Like, obviously I should have done this a long time ago. And the phone guy was like, yeah, you need a chicken. Like, okay, where do I get the chicken? And then he tells you, um, well, you need a song to be able to resurrect the chicken. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now I have to figure out this person where the song is. And then you, you know, you figure it out eventually. But it's like, I, if it wasn't for that phone guy, I'd have no idea. And I feel like that that's a weird mechanic to put in the game that you need a hint guide for you. Like, I, I, isn't there any other way that you could have given me a hint about this this chicken that I could resurrect? You know, like, is there another NPC that you could stumble upon that says, hey, I, lo- I used to really like this chicken in the town, and now it's dead, and you could bring it back to life if you had the right song. I don't know, just something. It could have been better. I, I do like um, that it that it's not always straightforward and that you sort of need to hunt to figure out what to do next it can be a little frustrating but i think it's worth it when you finally do the next part of the game you figured it you figured it out um you got the chicken you're flying across the gaps and all that and you feel really happy because you accomplished it i do wish that you could keep those pets for a little while longer like the chain chomp i wish that i could just like switch them out like oh hey you want to borrow chain chomp no problem and then you just borrow chain chomp for a while i love chain chomp whenever i play and i get to the point where i get to walk the chain chomp i don't always take him home right away i'll take him just around just around the map because i like him so much I felt that way about the chicken. Like I didn't, I didn't necessarily like the chicken's design or it's technically a rooster, whatever. Anyway, I didn't like its design necessarily, but it was so much fun to just kind of float around. And 
I was really sad that I didn't have to do anything with the chicken. It just like disappeared after you finished that dungeon. And there was yeah, it no kind of flies away. You have no idea what happened to him. He just is gone. Like you don't see him again. You would think he would kind of go back to town, but no, he's just gone. <laughs> he he probably fell over the cliff or something, honestly. He probably turned back into bones and is buried again. Poor chicken. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was my biggest downfall. I think gameplay was between the final boss being weird in the way that you fight it compared to all the other bosses. And then, yeah, you don't always know where the heck you're supposed to go next. I mean, part of the fun is running around with your head cut off. Just like, I don't know where to go. I'm just here to explore. But after you explore everything, it's just like, okay, what am I doing? Like, what do you want from me game? So, uh, are you ready to move on to music? Yep. All right. I gave it a 10 out of 10. I also gave it a 10 out of 10. I thought it was amazing. Beautiful soundtrack all the way through the game. It's very reminiscent of the original from what I've heard, uh, but it's just orchestrated and it just sounds amazing and it fits the world so well. It's a little bit, um, tropical. It's... It's very traditional with the, you know, the theme song of Legend of Zelda. Um, it's just, it, and it changes too. Like as you're moving within the world, it, the theme, the background music just kind of changes up. Ah, it's just, it's so great. The music was so atmospheric. I loved it. And it was so emotional. And um, Marin's song in particular, I don't know why, but it just sounds so beautiful. It sounds lovely to me. I actually, throughout the game, will go like listen to her randomly sing just because I like it so much. But I have to say, like, music is amazing even during boss fights. Yeah, absolutely. Um, really hypey, um, sort of intense, upbeat, gotta figure this out or you're gonna die sort of music. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like everywhere you went, it just it, it just set the mood beautifully. Uh, even the even the sound effects. You know, Link he has his little you know yell that he does when he's fighting, but like as small as his little footsteps when he's doing his um his like running charge attack thing. It's so oh, cute to hear shovel. the little pitter patter. It's adorable. It is cute. And I felt like Chain Chomp wanted to rip my head off every time he barked at me, too, when I walked by. Oh, I know. He seems scary, right? But he's so cute and friendly. <laughs> Which, again, goes against everything that we know. <laughs> Chain- did, you, um, did you ever try and smack the fox in the village with your sword? I accidentally hit him once, and he attacked me. Yep. I think I was dashing from one side to the other side and he just like, cause he, he kind of roams a little bit and he just got in my way and I ran right into him and he was not happy about that. (laughs) That's how, that's how I figured out too, that he will attack you if you hurt him. I just thought that was a cute little thing that they added. Yeah, for sure. Um, the intro had like a really neat theme too the the lightning and you know the this like ooh this is crazy what's going on you know the with the with the bow and the water and link flying off of it it's just i don't know it's just ah everything it's really just so good intense. perfect way to start it honestly just he's in a storm he's trying to fight his way through it and ends up on a little bit of driftwood and ends up on an island it's just what did you think of all the songs that you can sing or that you can play on your uh ocarina? Oh, um i liked them for the most part except for the mambo fish one i didn't for like that reason, one either for some reason that one uh just didn't work for me i didn't um i didn't think it was impressive i thought it was a little sort of annoying childish i don't know I didn't think that it really fit for the teleport. I didn't think that the fish in general fit for the, the teleporting um, song. Like, it should have been something else. It's just a fish doesn't make any sense to me. 
Maybe it was just because they had to hide it somewhere and a fish made the most sense, but it was just, I don't know. It was weird. Well, that is where you get it in the original, but I agree. I don't really connect the fish with um, just warping around. But aside from that, I mean, it didn't it didn't distract at all from the rest of the music. I mean, a 10 out of 10 for sure. It was it was great. So let's go ahead and talk about our overall thoughts for the game. Um, my I gave it a score of 9 out of 10 for overall. Uh, really, really solid game. I There's not a whole lot of replayability, I don't think. I mean, I guess I missed a bunch, but once you get everything, it's kind of done. I don't know. Is there a new game plus? I didn't. I didn't pick it back up after I played. No, there's uh there's no DLC or anything. Uh, the game is complete. Oh, I mean, like after you beat it, is there like can you keep playing on your same oh. save file? Um, I don't think it counts multiple playthroughs on the same file, but uh, like every every new game is just its own new thing. Gotcha. Nothing yeah. uh, is unlocked, I believe. It was just weird because it asked me to save it after I beat the boss. So I wondered if it was like, you know, if there was more after you fight the boss, if you can kind of keep exploring, even though you're done with the game. I don't know. No, I think it starts over after that. Sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think that anybody, anybody could play this game. Like from really, really little kids to, you know, obviously adults. Um, I was wondering what, I guess it's just E for everyone rating, but yeah, literally, I mean, anyone, even little kids could just run around and cut grass for a while and find it entertaining. It's true. I think this game is perfect for just picking it up and playing, uh, for anyone at any, any level of gaming. It's also kind of nice because you can, without wanting to make any progress, you can just kind of run around you know, run around, look for shells, play the crane game, you know, it, that alone is fun <laughs> without yeah. even progressing at all. Yeah, there's a lot of little side things to do. I mean, you can go fishing and you can you can get rupees for that. You can find the uh, glass bottles down there. Um, you can visit random characters that are sort of tucked away like the witch. Um, you can play the claw game. Um, there's quite a bit to do. Crazy Tracy. (laughs) Yeah, she was kind of crazy. I love the witch, though. She's adorable. Yeah, that's the one who gives you the fire powder, right? Right. You get the mushroom and she makes the powder for you. Right. Or I think you can pay her to do it anyway without the mushroom. I don't remember that, but, um, I do remember doing the mushroom. Sure. But there's so many things, like, the shells are a huge thing to accomplish all over the map. And also, um, you can sort of do a mini game to do with dungeons um, at Dampe's shack. Oh, yeah. I was going to bring that up, too. Where you get the yeah. like, slab to build your own dungeon. Yeah. you. I believe you earn them the more dungeons you do. And just little things all over the map. You can sometimes buy the pieces or find them in the crane game. And you you sort of build your own dungeons and you work your way through them. You don't really get anything from it other than just achieving uh, little things in Dampe's um, game. But you do get some rupees. That's kind of nice. I, I know that you can... Uh, send your dungeon to friends and stuff too to I don't know as like a challenge or something but I never cared like it, it was so side it had nothing to do with the game that I'm just like ah, I don't want to do that yeah. <laughs> I, I do believe that that's one of the biggest things they added in this one versus the older ones is the dungeon building and it makes sense. I mean, utilize the touchscreen, you know, play around with the dungeon layouts. I, it's it's a nice addition to something that the hardware can handle more, obviously, than the Game Boy could do. So right. it's kind of a nice addition if you're into that. So it, it didn't spark my 
I, I just, I didn't care at all, but you know, some people that might be a lot of fun. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just wanted to like do everything in the game, like a hundred percent everything. So I ended up doing it, but it is kind of lackluster. I wish there were better rewards for you to get for accomplishing the dungeons in his shack. Yeah, that's true. Is there any um, shells to find in there? I don't. I don't think so. I could be wrong, but um, I don't remember getting a shell from him. Sure. Uh, did you did you feel bad or sad about any of the characters just throughout the game? Because I did. Um, I guess maybe the Mario character, because I feel like he was trying to, I don't, I don't really know what he was doing. I don't know if he was like an adventurer or what, but he ends up getting like stung by a bee and then he's just like done. <laughs> like He's just like, I'm not doing this anymore and just leaves. So I guess maybe him, but I can't think of anybody else that I really would have felt bad for. Yeah, I think his name's Taryn. Like, should be like Taryn and Marin, I think. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. I, um, oh, my God. There's this part where you're, you're doing stuff in a castle, and then you leave the castle, and you end up in the water, and you end up getting followed by a ghost. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, God. I forgot about him. Oh, the ghost. I love the ghost, but I also felt really sad for him. He's another one that when I... When I have him following me, I purposely won't take him directly where he needs to go just so I can have him around a little longer. He can make friends with him before you have to let him part. Yeah. But, oh gosh, it's so sad when you take him to his house that's in shambles because no one's lived there. He died. Um, And he's just looking at everything. He's just so sad. And he's got the saddest look on his face. Ugh. And then he's and then just he like, take me to my grave. And then you take him to his grave and he's just like, thanks, bye. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yep, he wanted to get wanted to get back to his grave. Uh, have his peaceful rest. Oh gosh, that hit me so hard. This game is so much deeper than it seems, really. Like, if you look past the graphics, there's so much in this game. Um, I thought when the ghost first showed up, I thought that he was an enemy and I thought for sure I was going to die because you fall in the water and then he just like teleports from nowhere and starts chasing you. And I was just like screaming down this waterway, trying to make it out, (laughs) but he's pink and cute. He's not going to hurt you. I didn't know. I thought, I thought for sure it was dead until I talked to him and I'm like, Oh, he's, he's just trying to get home. He's okay. His ghostly moans were so sad. I seriously felt so sad for him. I don't know why, but obviously I got really immersed in this game. They did an amazing job. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. What did you give it for overall score? Honestly, I gave it a 10 out of 10. Even though I think gameplay was a little tiny bit wonky because some of the some of the bosses were a little hard to figure out. And you can actually get lost while you're playing this game as of like what to do next. Oh yeah, for sure. I still think overall it is amazing. So 10 out of 10, I think this is a game that everyone should play at least once. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I gave it a nine. I, it's, it's really, really, really good. I just, I had some struggles with it that just, frustrated me a little bit too much to give it a perfect 10 but i mean you know a nine i just pretty high it it, i really did enjoy this game all the way through and i mean it's it's a legend of zelda game why wouldn't you enjoy it (laughs) you know they don't they very rarely make a legend of zelda game that sucks so i don't know i i really did enjoy it all the way through i love the the cute little plastic figures, which was the first thing that jumped out at me when I started up this game and you're washed up on the beach and you see all these little like palm trees and it's just like, Oh, they look so real. Like I could reach in and just pluck one and ah, just, it's great. It's a great game. You should definitely get the amiibo because it's so perfect. Um, it looks just like him from in the game and yeah, it's super smooth and perfect. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. I really need to. So, my total score is a 45 out of 50. 
Mine's a 48 out of 50. Awesome. That's a 93 out of 100. That is a solid A. Um, not too many games get this high of a score, so it really is worth the play. Um, I, like I said before, I opened this to play the game for the podcast. Like I hadn't even opened it until now. So I'm really glad that you pushed me to do this one, Jinx, because I had a lot of fun playing it. I wanted you to play it so bad because it's so good. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad that you had a good time playing it. I know that some parts were a little frustrating, but overall it looked like you really enjoyed it, which is what video games are here to do so yep make challenge you a little bit but you know keep you entertained that's that's what i like oh did you did you get the normal one or did you get the dreamer edition uh i got the normal one Ah, i got the dreamer edition and it it comes with a really beautiful art book but i was so jealous because you they get um they get a steel case and an art book yeah, and that okay. steel case is amazing. I wanted that steel case so bad. I tried so hard finding it, and I just, I can't. Just, the people who have it love it so much that they don't want to sell it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. It was really cool. It was um a Game Boy, right? Yeah, it's a steel book that looks like a Game Boy, and then the Game Boy screen has the like original Link's Awakening logo on it. So it looks like you know it, it's it's a straight callback from the original game, and it's it's perfect. It looks so great. It's not fair. They always get the better stuff. <laughs> they do get some awesome stuff, and there are some websites that you can get, um, you know, European cover designs or really anywhere in the world you could you know there are websites that you can get them but it's so hard to pay you know extra shipping to get that sent to you and so you know a lot of people in the u.s don't have that amazing steelbook but you know it's just sad <laughs> we can enjoy all the pictures that they have on instagram yep well, um, I think that's pretty much it for Link's Awakening. Jinx, thank you so much for playing this game with me and talking about it. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me on again. Our next podcast episode, I don't know what it's going to be. I'm planning on starting up Pokemon Diamond, so our next episode could be Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. However, I don't think we can beat it before the end of July. So we may need an extra month. If that's the case, we'll probably be reviewing Animal Crossing. But we'll see. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> Ew. Play another Resident Evil. No, no. I've uh, Me and Kaylee have already beat um, Animal Crossing, and we've played so many hours into it. So it's an easy one to just, like, we've played enough. We can talk about it now. But, you know, it just depends on how far we get in Pokemon. So we'll see. But yeah, other than that, um, guys, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Jinx, thanks again for being on. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye.